0: Hello, I'm Valerie Schmidt, and I have the privilege of reading the scripture today, which is Psalm 46. To the choirmaster of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, good morning. I know uh, I wasn't here last week. I should have been here preaching this sermon. And as I listened to it, uh, I know Benjamin tentatively promised that I would indeed get better, and I have gotten better. and so, uh, we're going to jump right in. To, I, I just want to dismiss the kids first, four years old at kindergarten. Um, and the that, that ESL folks, um, they're going to be in the cafe. And before we, we get into Psalm 46, which I'm really excited to do, um, I just want to pray for us. Lord, we pray that you would draw near to us in a special way as we gather together in your name, that you would expose what needs to be exposed, that you would encourage us where we need to be encouraged, that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged, and in all things that you would lift up our heads, that you would hearken to us and call us to see you and know you and love you that we might be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So about 20 years ago, there was a tornado that tore through my hometown. And my mom got caught out in the road during it. I remember when she recounted her drive, seeing trees thrown to the ground as she was driving. Can you guess what she might have been feeling? Maybe you don't have to guess. Maybe you've been caught in a tornado. She was terrified, and she needed a safe place to run to. And as she was driving, she saw a garage door open, and all of these strangers somehow flocked to this garage door, and the owner of the house wasn't even home. And they made their way into the basement, and the window was blown in, and the computer was halfway across the room. And as she was in that basement, though the Storm raged on around them. She was safe. We live in a world of uncertainty. One that, like a tornado, can be chaotic and out of control. You may not have been caught in a literal tornado, but many of us have had chaos rush through our lives in the past, and many of us, feel turbulence presently. Maybe you look out into the world or look out into the community of which you are a part or you investigate the depths of your own heart and you're tempted to fear. Maybe it's another mass shooting on the news or war and threats of war. Maybe it's your child's public school curriculum, or the loss of a loved one, or the rumble in your heart of pride, or the crippling anxiety you bear of all the what-ifs in your life. There's much in our lives that can cause us to tremble. Now, you might be thinking, isn't that a bit too doom and gloom for the start of our Advent series? Well, no. The Christmas story, the story that we anticipate and celebrate during Advent is not one that denies the brokenness of the world, the chaos and injustice. Rather, it's a story in which God invades the trouble of the world in Jesus Christ and triumphs over it. Our Advent series is entitled, Join the Triumph of the Skies. Drawing from the classic Advent hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, We recognize that the psalmist in Psalm 46 calls us just like the angels who announce the coming of Christ. Hark. Listen. Pay attention in your fear and in your trouble. Lift your head. In our trouble, we need a place of stability and safety a place we can retreat to in our fear. And in Jesus Christ, we have one. Psalm 46 announces to us that God is a safe place for us to run to in trouble, a refuge. And he is the only place where we can possibly be liberated from fear in the face of chaos. He's the only place that could bring the people of God to say, therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way. He is that God for us. We can find courage in him today and in this season because, number one, he reigns over the chaos, and number two, he dwells with us in it. He reigns over it, and he dwells with us in it. He reigns over our chaos. In Psalm 46, the psalmist uses extravagant and vivid imagery to describe the world that God's people are living in. Hear these first three verses again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The psalmist is drawing on the volatility of nature to describe the state of the world. Nature can be violent and unpredictable. In an earthquake, the earth is literally giving way. An earthquake can cause a 10-story building to crumble like a gingerbread house. It can create cracks 90 feet deep and 2 miles long. An avalanche can travel at speeds of 200 miles an hour and crack massive 100-year-old trees like toothpicks. Consider a Category 4 hurricane 300 miles wide, with winds sometimes reaching 150 miles an hour, winds that can level cities in just a day. In March of 2011, a tsunami hit the island of Japan, wreaking havoc on everything in its way, and some have said that waves reached as high as 130 feet traveling about the speed of a car, and as it continued, increasing in speed. One professor described the power of such a wave in this way. He said that such a wave would have carried a similar force to that of a fleet of tanks, each weighing 60 to 65 tons, which is the equivalent of about 100,000 pounds. A fleet of them. A wave rushing through the city, carrying with it homes, schools, children's toys, and human lives. This is apocalyptic language the psalmist is using here. It's as if the world is ending. Everything that was stable is now brittle and volatile. The mountains, symbols of permanence, safety, and power are shaking and dissolving into the ocean. The waters are roaring we often have a very pleasant view of water you know we drink it we wash with it we swim in it i have it right here with some tea but when it's out of control it can be deadly and throughout the bible in, and in the psalmist culture water was a symbol of chaos uncertainty danger The sun doesn't shine in the depths of the sea, where the mountains are being thrown. In this imagery, the creation itself is being undone. For if we look back in Genesis 1, the water that covered the face of the deep gave way to land and life. In Psalm 46, the sea, that place of darkness and chaos, is overtaking the earth. It's a horrifying picture. And this is the picture that the psalmist paints of the state of the present world. And the severity of this image points to the severity of the sin and suffering, the injustice and the pain that plagues our world. Consider the waves of woe in the world. Consider the injustice and the suffering. Consider the corrupt leaders in the world, who oppress their people by limiting freedom, forcing labor, punishing disloyalty. Consider the war in Ukraine. Consider the mother and father there who have been forced to flee from their home with their family because shells have poured into their town and reduced their house to rubble. And there are threats of more war, as I don't know if you're keeping tabs on Japan, but Japan's bracing for the potential of an invasion from China. One that would have massive implications for global stability, as does the war in Ukraine. And there are threats of war all over the world, many of which we don't know about. That chaos is very visible, and yet there's chaos that's much more hidden. Consider chaos that is unseen there is an unseen global universe in which men and women boys and girls are trafficked for sex and many other things and in this hidden labyrinth of evil which is expansive more than we could possibly take god's image is being ravaged behind closed doors And in ways that we couldn't possibly comprehend, that evil is degrading our world from the inside out. Consider the chaos within our nation and within the church, across our nation, in which people have entrenched themselves in their own political, ideological, and racial tribe to the extent that opinions become fact. and in which all those that are unlike them or disagree with them warrant hatred and violence, whether that's physical or verbal. Consider the chaos within our own economy, the turbulence in which inflation has drained some people dry and has caused people's future financial security. That which they've worked for their whole career, more volatile and vulnerable than it's ever been. Consider the chaos within your own heart and your own head where the sins of pride and lust or maybe worry threaten to take you down or where the pain of loss, failure, and maybe depression threaten to overtake you. Maybe you resonate with the psalmist who says in Psalm 69, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. The chaos in the world and in our own hearts can so often lead us to fear. We feel powerless, and in many cases, we are powerless to change what's happening or to see good in the midst of it. Are we doomed? We ask. Is this ever going to change? Is it just going to get worse? And what, what are all these things going to mean for me and my family? For my kids? For my kids' kids? Can good come out of the chaos of my life? We need a refuge. A place of safety in the storms we see and the floods that threaten us. And in Psalm 46, we are called, we are hearkened by the psalmist to see that God has shown himself to be a stable refuge for us. Amid our sin and suffering, we're called to run into the safety of his presence. Throughout the story of God, God shows this very thing by showing us that he reigns over the raging waters that bring chaos into the world. He shows that he is in control over the instability we face in our lives. Hear David in Psalm 29, starting in verse 3. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned Over the flood, the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. God is king over the waters that roar and foam in Psalm 46. He's king over the war in Ukraine, global conflict. He's he's king over the sexual brokenness in the world, the division and hostility in our nation, the economy. He's king over even that. He's king over your family, over your future, and even over your own heart. He reigns over all that would make you tremble this Christmas. And as king, he can both stop the chaos and he can wield it for his purposes. With a word, he can stop it, he can alter the course of history. As we'll see in verse 6 of Psalm 46, he can make wars cease. He can snuff out the hurricanes of wrong in the world. He can still the tsunami of your marital strife. He can do it. He can calm the tornado of your crippling anxiety about the myriad of what-ifs you can't shake. He can still the storm of sickness and melt hearts of stone. But sometimes he doesn't stop the chaos. He wields it. Sometimes he doesn't change the chaos. He changes us in it. As our refuge, he may not protect us from the chaos of our world, but he will always use it. And as the one who reigns as refuge for his people, he holds the waves and winds that crash into our lives. And as he allows them to rage and hides us in himself as our refuge, he's working in us something good, if we will let him. He's showing us the fragility of our world and the brittle nature of all the things we look to for stability. He's exposing our vulnerability. And the folly of our idols, which are like little tents that we set up in hurricanes. The things that never last. He's eroding places in our hearts that are hard. He's protecting us from all that would keep us from running to Him. And when we reside in Him, He becomes our refuge, our peace calm, and ultimately our salvation. And with him as our refuge, we can join the psalmist and God's people and say, we will not fear. But sometimes knowing that God can use the chaos to change us isn't enough. Sometimes we're led into more fear when we consider that as king, though he could stop them, God lets the seas roar allowing us and those we love to suffer, allowing tyrants to reign and oppress their people. We can be hard-pressed not to ask. If he reigns over our trouble, but doesn't take it away, isn't he just a crueler version of the injustice that we fear? Or might we venture to ask the real question that resides underneath that question, am I alone in this mess? Are we alone in a chaos that's raging around us? Or better yet, does God see me? Does he care about me? He does. Not only does he reign over it all, but he dwells with us in it. He dwells with us in our chaos. Imagine what it would be like to be lost in a storm at night. Maybe out in the woods. I've been there. It's terrible. It's deeply troubling. Terrifying. Now imagine the relief that would come if you found a friend. Even if you remained lost in the woods together. Having someone with you in a storm changes everything. Suffering has a unique way of making us feel alone. And to be alone in pain only multiplies our anguish. In Psalm 46, the psalmist declares that not only is God our strength, our refuge, he is also a very present help in trouble. God is more than a king who reigns from on high. He's one that wades into the storm. He descends into the waves with us in love to carry us in our pain our weariness, and in the oppression we face. He comes to live with us in our chaos. We are not alone in the storm. Rather, the one who rules it is near to help. The prophet Isaiah prophesied about God's promise to his people in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 3. Hear these words from Isaiah. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, The one who is king is also savior. He promises to be with us when the waves of brokenness and injustice and suffering crash into our lives. He promises to swim with us through the storm. And we can know this because he has shown it, shown it to us in the past. Look with me at Psalm 46 again, verse 1. Now, if you're using the ESV Bible in the pews, perhaps, or if you have your own ESV Bible, you'll notice that there's a footnote joined with the phrase, very present, in verse 1. And in that footnote, it says that that phrase may also indicate well-proved. God is a well-proved help in trouble, meaning that Not only is God present to help, but in the past, he has also proven his capacity and his will to help his people. And this is true for us now, for you now. How do we know that God is with us? How do we know that he hasn't abandoned us to our fear? He has proven it to us in Jesus Christ. This is what we celebrate in the season of Advent. The God who reigns over heaven and earth has come down to live with us in Jesus Christ. The refuge that we are called to run to in Psalm 46 has run to us. We read in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. And in the same region there were shepherds out out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Matthew chapter one, verse 23, an angel speaks to Joseph in a dream saying, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Advent, we remember that Jesus Christ is the refuge of God. Come to reside with us. He left the safety of heaven to come into a volatile and chaotic world. He opened himself up to the danger of the world that we might have a safe place in him. He showed us the love of God that pursues us in our fear and helps us take courage. Hear these words for telling the coming of Christ and the authority that he would have in Isaiah chapter 9 starting in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, And of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Christ is king. The government is on his shoulder. The mighty God has come to be with us, meaning that he bears the governing authority over the universe, He is the God of Psalm 46, the stable refuge. He governs the storm. Consider Matthew 8, when the storm is raging and the disciples are in a boat and Jesus is sleeping, after rebuking the fear of his disciples, when they were caught in a storm, with a word he calmed the winds and the waves. And Jesus, the one who can calm the waves of that storm, can quiet the chaos that we see in the world and that you see in your life. And He can also wield it for good. But Jesus doesn't just come to be with us, He's come to rescue us. He's come to do what we could have never done for ourselves. As we journey toward Christmas together in Advent, in this Advent series, we don't just remember that Christ came, but we also remember what Christ came to do. For on the cross, Jesus, our refuge king, chose to walk into the greatest tsunami of injustice in history, in which he was used, abused, oppressed, and put to death. He endured an apocalyptic-level hurricane of shame and wrath on the cross, a hurricane that consumed him, and he did it for you. Because he loves you, even in your fear. In Matthew's account of the crucifixion, he notes that when Christ died, the earth shook and the rocks were split. In the words of Psalm 46, the mountains trembled. And yet, even though he was overtaken by these waves, he stilled the storm of death, thereby proving to us that he indeed is king and friend in the flood. And even as he rose, he sent a very present helper, one who would comfort and guide us So therefore we can trust him. We can find courage in him when he promises that in the end he will finally calm the storms of history. Christ will come again and we will see his second appearance, his second advent when he will make all things new. In Revelation 21, first verse of Revelation 21, second to last chapter of the Bible, John declares this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. There will come a day when all the injustice that rages in our world will be quieted and calmed forever. There will be no more violence, no more oppression, no more war, no more more sickness, no more human trafficking, no more division, no more uncertainty about the future. No more lack, no more worst-case scenarios, none. Because Christ has run to us in love, we can run to him as our courage, our refuge, our safety, security. You can have courage this Christmas. I don't know what you're going through and what you will go through in the coming weeks, but you can have courage this Christmas knowing that in Jesus Christ, you are known and loved. And yet, even in the safety of our refuge, we're not led into this holy enclave, detached from the world, but we're empowered to boldly enter into the world in the same way that Jesus has done for us to shine the light of his refuge into the world, the joy that he gives us into the world and declaring that he is king over the flood. So we're going to move into a time of communion, um, coming to the Lord's table. It's fitting that uh, as we start our Advent series that we would um, move into the Lord's table if, if the band would come on back up. And in communion, we rest. We take courage in, in this table being a refuge for not. For Christ invites us to come, and he says, fear not. He says, I've done everything that has needed to be done that you might have safety here with God, with Him, together. In communion, we look back to His loving kindness displayed in Him coming as a baby at Christmas. We, we look back at His faithful presence in our lives. We remember His faithfulness to protect and encourage us. And we look forward to when will come again and we will feast at his table our final refuge so if the servers would come up and um, as we uh, partake of the table to receive the elements if you would come down the center aisle and then proceed to the outer aisles and find your way back to your seat and then I'll come back up and and lead us from there